And greetings, friends. This is the Long in the Boot podcast, the podcast coming to you from the heel of the boot of Southwest Louisiana. And I am your host, G Long. Sitting across the way over there is, as always, Deb. Hello. Hi. Welcome. <laughs> well, are you, you're talking to them, right? I'm talking to everybody. Including me? Yes, including um, you. Uh, well, I had to be here. <laughs> it was required yes, but it's it's these good people don't know that we're together all the time 24 hours a day seven days a week seven long days a week yeah literally long days uh-huh all right get that it's long in the boot yeah. Speaking of which, if you'd How like punny to, of you. Ah, punny. Uh, if you'd like to get a hold of the Long in the Boot podcast, the easiest way to do it would be to well, pick up a phone. Actually, it'd be 337-502-9011. And you can leave a message. And if I'm feeling particularly benevolent, I'll even answer the phone. And I don't know that that's the easiest way. People don't like to talk on the phone. Yeah, I know. But I'd love to hear from people, you know, actually, you know, just because chit chat yeah or, you like the chit chat and if they have something really cool to say i'm, I'm looking for that one great message listen up people the one I'm, great message. i'm listening for that one great message that allows me to put it on the air oh. you know radio stations used to always say, who plays the greatest hits and they oh, voice and people they, go yeah. ky 102 or whatever that called in with a great thing to say about them yeah yeah well, I tried that with the T-shirt contest. I don't, yeah, I, know. I don't know that I was looking for great things to say. Just what have you liked? Oh, wait a minute. Uh, the website. Oh, yeah. Yeah, get, I have to remind you. the trip people. dub in Look, there. Exactly. Tripdub.longintheboot.com. And you can send an email, and then I could read it, I guess, if it's really good. Mm-hmm. I could do that. Yeah, I suppose so. We, yeah. we like the language. I do love language. Yes. I don't speak about. any other ones other than English. No, because we're terrible Americans. I know I know a lot of cuss words in a lot of languages, but that's about it. Yeah. And, well, that's not this kind that of... That won't get you very far. <laughs> that won't get you far in life. <laughs> it really doesn't. Makes you feel better sometimes. I tried to though. monetize it. It was impossible. Oh, okay. <laughs> People just don't like cuss words in other... Uh, so I... I did do that. We recently got in our T-shirts, our merchandise. Not just T-shirts. I don't know what. Really nice T-shirts. I, I think they're lovely T-shirts. Um, in fact, good Clark's, Clark's here in the local area is uh, who printed the T-shirts for us. They did a great job. Did a great job. So I appreciate that. They look awesome. But so I and said, it's hey. it's got long in the boot, both. On the front and the coming back. Coming and in, going. Uh, yeah. There you go. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> I don't mind if you see me coming with long in the boot, but I don't like you looking at don't my back. Don't you walk back. away like that. Don't look at my back. <laughs> it's probably best that Those of you us... who didn't make comments, like if all you did was like it, and, you know, that's well, you had to make a comment. You had to say something. Yes. You know, this is all about, well, but that, this is all about engagement. That in- indicates that, I know, according to Facebook, it's yeah, all about engagement. We don't want to talk about them. <laughs> Besides, it's not Facebook anymore. No, it's the metaverse. Meta. Meta. Not metaverse, it's just meta. So can I finish? Sure, go ahead. I'll allow it. I'm gonna ring the I'm gonna (laughs) ring the button uh, chime on you. Oh no. Stepping on it. Go ahead. I'll allow it. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. So da 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 drum roll. Do I have a drum roll? I don't have a drum roll. (gasps) What? Oh my god. Oh man, that's a shame. That would have been easy. We talked about that. Okay. I know. Well you didn't remind me. You clear did not listen. And look, I caught myself. I didn't. You say, didn't remind me. I That's, didn't say clearly. <laughs> but apparently. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Sorry. Private joke. Oh, private joke. That's our topic today. Well, he, he's a corporal now. Private joke is a corporal now. Corporal joke. Get it? Mm, generally. <laughs> All right. Do you want to tell him the topic today before I finish my T-shirt story? Sure. Why not? Uh, the topic du jour today, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about humor, just humor in general, not, not our humor cause it's pretty bad, but, <laughs> but, but humor in, in a general sense, um, both, uh, jokes, but also just how it works culturally, culturally, uh, and, just socially. Yeah. What is humor? Humor is a weird thing as it, it turns out. It's a very out. odd topic. There's it's, a lot of information out there. It's amazing how much research. They've done into humor 
and yet and still have no answers. Studies and, and psychological. Well, isn't that the way of life? You just question, you sure. research and meander. I think it's a form of philosophy. Actually, that's that's where I would. Philosophizing. Anyway, let, let's go back to the T-shirts. Okay, though. so I'll finish my T-shirt. Because somebody got a T-shirt, right? Somebody did get a T-shirt. Well, there then that's there weren't we're... a whole lot of people in the hopper for the for the drawing. But uh, ironically enough, well, I don't know if it's ironic. Uh, no, it's probably not. Probably not ironic. Uh, Josh Ardwin. First well, person. Actually, that, it is ironic. He doesn't wear shirts ever. Oh, ever? Yeah. So, so what it does is he do? A, what does he do when he's about to get in a fight? Oh yeah. What uh, does he pull off? His hat. Hat. Yeah. His long in the boot. Oh, I don't know if he wanted a long. In I don't the think boot he hat. got a long. In no, the boot I don't hat. think he did. All right. Well, but he got a fine he's t-shirt. Got a t-shirt. So Josh, uh, when you hear this, if you hear this. He'll hear it. If not, I'll message you myself. He's faithful. He is. A, he is okay. He's a faithful listener. He absolutely is. So uh, message me your address, sir. Yeah, just message it. You know, you don't have to call. I, I, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I see how it is. You can send a message. No, no. I don't. Want, um, I don't want him to be uncomfortable. And and <laughs> we we had a late entrant. We did. And she was. Uh, and I'm, I'm. Am I doing this wrong with gender? But it was a female. Uh, and I feel like I because she was the only female to step up, I'm going to give her a T-shirt, too. Ooh. Yep, yep. Making a Equality, command decision. Baby. Making a command decision. So, uh, Catherine, Catherine, you hear this? Message me. Oh, a T-shirt size, lady. We just solved all gender issues. Or, you know what? And I don't even have to ship it to her. I might find where she's out <laughs> selling her dog. I stalk her on a regular basis, no, so I no, know where she, she does. is. You know, we saw her at the uh, at her and her her guy at the event. We did, and, and she, talked to them. She they has were, she has great pet treats and all she kinds. She does. She makes them all, she, and they're natural and good. And I'm sure that we probably should have her information and oh, and probably so. Make her a friend um, so of the show. She, that day sold two hundred like two hundred and fifty biscuits, or made yeah. two hundred. I don't know. She made a lot of biscuits. biscuits. Yeah. So anyhow, Catherine, same to you, Josh, and, Catherine. And from what I understand from all the dogs I've talked to, delicious. They love it. Oh, yeah. Well, I need to get some for Bella and, and Otto. There you go. I haven't bought dog biscuits for them since the bad ones I got at Rouse's. <laughs> since the dog biscuit wars of 1893. <laughs> we had that literal shit show. You remember that? Like right after they, and I don't know oh, if it was the dog We did a show biscuit. about shit? The dogs, both of them, Otto and Casey, oh, they got oh, oh, so oh, sick that yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So, I have not bought my dogs dog biscuits since that event. Yeah, but it's different here because they're all natural. All natural and made by somebody. We know. All right. Who so loves dogs? Let's move on from that. I think that that's was, the important thing. That was enough t-shirt, uh, t-shirt self-promotion <laughs> and t-shirt discussion. All right. I got a couple things in the news before we get going on the humor. Um, the news isn't funny? The news can be funny. This story is actually a little bit funny. I didn't realize it was a problem. But anyway, here you go. I'm going to read the headline. I think we're all going to be pretty impressed. All right. They now have made glitter biodegradable. Oh, praise him. And they are calling it vegan glitter. Vegan glitter. So a vegan is biodegradable. <laughs> you know what? I'm not a vegan, well, but I bet I'm I, biodegradable. I, you know what? This is a miraculous story to me. I feel like that's a marvelous thing. Well, as, I, as a teacher no, who it, has had glitter in her classroom. This bothers me a little bit because that means then that there is... Um, metric shit tons of glitter out there that that's will never, never biodegrade. Go away. Well, I know Little that's the whole that, and that glitter. isn't that the humor of the whole thing. The idea that once you get glitter in a space, it never goes away. No, no. Look how many of those Twilight movies. So we intuitively, had. I think I knew glitter was not biodegradable. You just gonna let that joke slide right by? That was a pretty good. I joke. was talking over it. <laughs> I don't even know what you said. You said something about the glitter never going away. And I said, yeah, look how many Twilight movies there were. Uh, uh, all right. See, uh, so see, Holly, now I need the rim shot drum, too. Hollywood Between, is covered with glitter. Uh, I can't do a drum roll, but I can do the, 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 rim, the rim shot. Yeah. That sounds obscene. <laughs> All right. Uh, if that's on. where your mind is, I guess. Okay. One other story from Louisiana. This one, oh, Louisiana, you never fail to please. Uh, it's not about the election. It's not about any of that stuff. No, no. Louisiana has finally decided to pardon pardon someone who was wrongly convicted of a crime. 
And you know that's rare, rare I, in Louisiana. I have no idea, no. Oh, it's it's great. They, they have finally decided. Now the governor has not signed the pardon yet, but Homer Plessy is about to be pardoned <laughs> after 125 years of being on the books as a criminal. As a criminal, oh. his crime. Well, he sat in a whites-only railroad car 125 years ago (laughs) and created the separate but equal ruling by the Supreme Court that led to years and years of Jim Crow and I suppose also statue raising since most of the statues they've been taking down were put up then. During that time period. Yes. Well, that was a necessary act. Glad it's done. Let's move on. So, well, I, I think it's kind of funny. The board has sent the pardon recommendation to Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards for his final he's approval. He's got to think about it. But he looks forward to reviewing the recommendation of the board upon his return. Uh, oh, okay. What? So he's not sure he's going to sign it. Keith Plessy, descendant uh, of Plessy's cousin, <laughs> I'm, I'm reading this story, said he felt as if his feet weren't touching the ground when he learned of this recommendation. It's going to be life-changing. Phoebe Ferguson, the great-great-granddaughter of the judge who ruled in the Plessy case, also applauded the recommendation. Good. So her great-great-grandfather was kind of an ass. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. All right. You know, I've thought about it long and hard, 125 years, and well, gosh darn it, I think Homer Plessy deserves this pardon. <laughs> and I, I will tell you that um, that I'm sure that the black community will just be so excited that this has finally happened. Yes. Because this has been literally at the top of their list. Of things Even to above get done. like racial justice and all that's Plessy versus Ferguson. I'll leave it to Louisiana. There you go. So Louisiana, number one still. Woo. Yeah. Woo. Tiny woo, though. Little W. Took you a while to acknowledge <laughs> women's right to vote, but, you know. Well, this I is, guess it takes us a while. That's all. That's the point. And there you go. So, all right. Anyway, I just thought those I'd point were, this. Those were your stories. That those you, are my important stories that, you, that I well, would have done a video for if I didn't look like crap. Oh, all right. Well. <laughs> I've been unhealthy yes, after, recently. After his uh, nasal sinus. And then a, a flu vaccine that has done as much damage as COVID did. <laughs> yes. Um, so we thought we'd talk about humor because you're so damn funny right now. I uh, know. <laughs> um. So yeah, humor. Where does it come from? What is it? How does it? How does it work? Well, it seems to be a universal human activity. It, it well, it definitely is. Um, I guess we have to do a little history first, right? I think history usually comes up first. Yep, that's my department, I suppose. Well, we know when the word first appeared. All right. In writing, uh, in 1340, the first written record of the word humor enters Middle English. All right. There you go. Shakespeare refers to it a lot. Uh, that comes later. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, a, a, a humor is believed to have grown from the Latin word for liquid, weirdly enough. Um, it's the flow, man. It, it's your flow. It originally referred to the four chief substances that ancient Greeks believed. Uh, speaking of which, by the way, we always hold up the ancient Greeks as such smart guys. This is one of those examples of when they weren't. Um, the four chief substances that ancient Greeks believed flowed, flowed through our bodies. Oh, you'll like this. I hope you're eating. Yellow, <laughs> yellow bile, black bile, blood, and phlegm. They were trying to make sense of the or world. Phlegm. 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 <laughs> In ancient humoral theory, notice theory, each of these substances was associated with a personality trait, and each person's unique mixture of bodily humors um, dictated their disposition. <clears throat> well, they were trying to explain, you know, assholes. <laughs> Maybe they were. Okay, that guy's just got too much black bile going on. Well, they're He's trying to explain. They were trying to actually try to figure out even with Shakespeare's work, uh, the the book or the the play that has done the most uh, has been studied the most. Weirdly enough, for the origin of humor mm-hmm. is the Taming of the Shrew. Sure. And the Taming of the Shrew is funny, but it's not all funny. It's biting as well. It's, yeah, it's, it's very sarcastic. It's vicious. Caustic in, caustic in many cases. And one of the four bodily humors, because um, they have they have a name attached. So um, 
a caloric, <laughs> a caloric, I like that, um, is somebody with too much, uh, I think it was yellow bile, I think, um, I believe. Hang on. So did they need to drain the biles to no, balance? No, 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 no. Um, it depended on what it was. But anyway, the, the point was that, that these people that had this particular humor out of whack. <laughs> um, had certain personality traits. Right. The ideal person contained a healthy balance of all of them. Back to balance. Yeah. And the Greeks believe that especially black bile caused cancer, which I'm sure as they cut people open and found cancers that there was that, like, that oh, black bile. Yeah. Oh, duh, duh, duh. See, that's my point, too. They were making sense of their world, trying to understand things. So if you had an excess of a bile, that explains. Yeah. Yellow bile would result in aggressive or fiery personalities. All right. Mm -hmm. So those are calorics. Right. And that means but when Shakespeare was writing plays at that time, that was what was considered humorous. Was people making fun of like that people who were angry and would lash out and and do these really wild, big things. They're calorics. And that means they have too much yellow bile. And that's funny. They need an enema. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know where you pull out the yellow bile. I don't know where it comes from either, but it seems like a good start. I, <laughs> it could be started the process to see what cures them. This belief, though, this medical belief in the biles and how it affected personality and all that, it went on for it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds It really hundreds did. It seemed as years. good an explanation as any. Freud said that humor was a, a great defense mechanism against, you know, obstacles in distress that... That really, it's not. It's just a way to help us release, you know, fear and anxiety. It's more. It's a uh, less scarring when you have to deal with serious stuff. I can see that. That's part of it for sure. Yeah, I think. Unless you're Chinese, and <laughs> sorry, folks, <laughs> you're gonna hear me sniff sniffle, a bit. sniffle. He's crying, guys. He's crying. That's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's over there crying. Oh, it's touching. It's not funny at all. It's touching. <laughs> I feel so touched. So, you know, in Western Western culture, we see humor as a, as a positive. Yes. It's great. It's healthy. And, uh, you know, it's not like that around the world, though. <laughs> not everybody is, is uh, all about the humor. So the doctors there, the, the, the Greeks and the doctors in the Middle Ages, still looking at humor. Yes. Or your humors. Um, it said that. While Greeks thought that humoral balance made for a healthy, rational person, it didn't make for particularly interesting characters in their plays. So they had to have extreme. So they had to throw somebody off balance. Yeah, they had to have extreme. And in Elizabethan times, that's Shakespeare times for you and me, (laughs) uh, there was quite a fad for writing plays about people who had some really pronounced one-track personality. Either they were always angry or... Always drunk. Yeah, Disney's, always Disney's sad. Uh, stereotypical, you know, yeah. wicked stepmother. Wicked. Well, think uh, think about Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Romeo is just always sad yes. until he meets Julia. Uh, or Juliet, I mean. And, uh, sorry. <laughs> it's <a> Rosalind. Whatever. <laughs> Oh, he was fine when he had Rosalind. No, he was he was pining away there too. He, he was, was. He was, was a whiny. Yes. <laughs> I hate Romeo and Juliet. Well, was budding. But if you think about their characters, they, Shakespeare definitely made characters that fit one of those four profiles. Oh yeah, and I that's think why that's why we still love. I think we still and do analyze that. what what he gave us because we all know people with those traits. We are those people. We, I know, right? <laughs> we are those people. So if you're, you know, the other ones are uh, calorics. There's sanguine, melancholic. That's basically all the vampires in Twilight. <laughs> Two Twilight jokes. <laughs> Same episode. And we have phlegmatic, which would be me today. Yes, you are very phlegmatic. <laughs> very phlegmatic. Fl- phlegmatic. Well, is it phlegmatic when you add the attic, or is it still, or is it phlegmatic? Hmm. Mm, I don't know. We'll have to. It's a regional thing. Write that down. It's regional. <laughs> I, yeah. A phlegmatic person tended towards easy contentment. Well, that's me today. Anything would make me happy today, especially being able to breathe. Being able to breathe, yes. That would be great. That would be helpful. <laughs> All right. Are you done with the whining about the phlegm? I'm sorry. I've been melancholy about the phlegm. <laughs> yes. Okay. I've been, melanch- I've been melancholy about my phlegmatic 
situation. <laughs> All right. Um, so there yeah. you go. Uh, that's the history of uh, the origin of, of humor. And it comes from, again, the bodily humors. There so, you go. There you there, go. There's that background. All yes. Right. So do we need the Oxford English Dictionary definition of humor? I'd be curious to hear it, actually. The faculty of observing what is ludicrous or amusing or of expressing it. Imagination or treatment of a subject. Humor encompasses amusement and comic reactions, you know, uh, laughing, vocally, sure. vocalizing, uh, smiling, mirthful emotions. I like that. I like mirthful. Mm-hmm. Read that first sentence again. There's, I have an issue. With uh, the faculty of observing what is ludicrous or amusing or of expressing it. So expressing it. Yes. Ex- the, Humor? Expressing the the way you feel about the ludicrous or uh, amusing. Oh, I see. Okay. What you observe. I get it now. Never and it mind. says the faculty of observation. So if you don't have that faculty, do you not find things funny? Well, you should observe things. Well, but that's my point. Not everybody is observant. I mean, that's true. Well, a lot like of not everybody aren't, no. finds Seinfeld funny, but Seinfeld is an observation-based humor. Well, and, it, and it's more appealing, I think, to people who live in the city. It's definitely it would be more yeah. appealing to people. But yeah, I guess so. You so. have to be able to the faculty of observation. Well, that's Seinfeld's. And whole you have to recognize stick, that it's right? either ludicrous or amusing. Ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Um, like the do you want the do you want the difference between how westerners view things and chinese well we're here to learn let's find out <laughs> so in 2008 an iraqi journalist uh at a press conference in baghdad threw a shoe at the then us president george w well, as we are wont to do. Yeah, yeah, a shoe. You know, after the incident, Bush joked. He said, "If you want the facts, it's a size ten. So he made light of it, right? No big mm. deal because he's, you know. So he didn't lie either. He didn't go like it's a size fourteen, <laughs> or <laughs> no, he didn't embellish that. <laughs> but he, but he made light. Let of me tell it. you, it's not friends, a serious event, folks. The man threw 14. a shoe at him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised the A shoe, honestly. <laughs> that was long before then. I know. Yeah. So they maybe they watched it and got their got their view. Yeah, let's throw a shoe at Bush. So George W got a threw a shoe thrown at him. Then about two months later, a student threw a shoe at the Chinese premier as he was giving a speech at the University of Cambridge. How do you feel about that? His reaction was <laughs> not to make light of it in no I'm way. Sure. Yeah. So the young man was removed from the world or the lecture hall. And uh, he, he said, this despicable behavior will do nothing to hold us back. The friendship of the Chinese and the British people, he will not come between us. So, you know, he yeah. despicable behavior. You know, what's bad though, in my head, I, I'm thinking that if somebody threw a, shoe at George Bush and the Secret Service just riddled, just riddled him with yeah. bullets, then I'd be the one guy going, <laughs> laughing. Everybody else would be looking at him. And I would think that was the funniest thing ever. But you never thought you'd get shot to death? No, you, you have, I think you misjudge. I think Americans would start making memes that second. They would now, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, well, I guess, yeah, 2008, eight nine. That was a different time then. Alec Baldwin knows what we're talking about. Well, so the the Chinese view humor as a weakness. I mean, it is not a desirable trait. No, they, they think Eastern even cultures. smiling, just being. Yeah. The, what was the, the thing that about? That study when they showed people pictures of, yeah, Asian Asians. people. And, hey, if you're an Asian people, don't take it personally. We're just telling you what we read. It said that uh, Asian people. <laughs> Uh, when you smile, all the team think you're an imbecile. Yeah, they don't think you're very bright at all. Um, it's just not. It's just not something in their culture that is valued. Which might tell you a lot about their past. Well, yeah. <laughs> they struggled. They must have they struggled. Did. Well, so the point, of course, being is that it's very cultural. You know, we have a shared sense of humor as a country, right? And uh, because of of their collective. But we've watched stuff that was extremely funny that has been made in China movies and stuff. Oh, sure. Sure. Well, that, but that was kind of the point of the article I read was that um, like in Hong Kong, in Hong Kong, you have a variety of cultures. You have, you have Taoists, True. you have Confucianists. Confucianism, no humor. 
Taoism humor. Well, Hong Kong, don't worry. China will stamp all that nonsense out. Well, yeah. But the but point being, it, there is a humor there. There is Absolutely. a sense of humor. If you, if you ask the Chinese people in a survey who's... Uh, Who's funny? They don't find individual people they know. They don't find themselves or individuals around them funny, but they have like professional funny people. Yeah, and they and, and they have situational they acknowledge funny. That yeah. Well, that's that's how like Mr. Bean was cited as as a type of humor that crosses. Yeah, because that's something we all identify with. Well, I was trying to think of their comedy movies that I watched Chinese comedy movies, and yeah, it's a different. There is something different going on because. While the stuff is funny, it's all um, antic funny. It's it's yeah. They well, Westerners, it's not like somebody being funny. Hmm. Like they they're put into a situation and then their body language makes it funny. Yeah, and then, and we can all identify. I was thinking about that. that movie Journey to the West that we watched one time with the big fish. Yeah, with the guy had to go on. Well, the that journey. was one of their their myths. That was one right, of their but creating. that's my point. So their myth would have been use incorporating. Early humor. Yeah, it was ridiculous. But their characters it, it were. It was ludicrous. And <laughs> but their characters were kind of the same as Shakespeare. You had. Yeah. You maybe had, you have to create one track characters. In order to. Well. To propel a plot forward. So if you have a character that is in-depth and multi-layered, they're not funny? No. that. No, you can have that. But in a, in a humorous. In a, well, I guess it depends on what you're trying to go for for the movie. Well, do we want multi-layered depth in a humorous character, I guess was what I was asking. Because we've had movies where you have funny, yeah. You but know, is, is I, a really complicated, in-depth way, person yeah. ever really that funny? No. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Well, that, that's something we'll, we'll for another, circle, another We'll circle discussion. back to that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and... Uh, there are different types of humor. You know, you have self-enhancing humor. You have self-defeating humor. You have aggressive humor. Apparently, both Westerners and Easterners are saddened and repelled by aggressive humor. I I take issue with that. That study was done in 2010 that came up with that uh, belief or result. And I, I don't know. Are Westerners saddened and repelled by aggressive humor? I don't think that's the case. Well, I don't know. Three Stooges, pretty aggressive. Well, okay, wait, no, no, but we've got to change time periods. No, that's true. Every time period now, we're talking about something different. Yeah, um, well, I was just talking about humor in general. Trying. Yeah, like you're, you're, if you want to go back to Three Stooges, Groucho Marx time, then you're looking at a different type of humor, and does yeah. that apply today? It's well, where we'll we talk, came from. We'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. Hum- humor actually has a kind of a bad reputation, though, in history, too. I was noticing. Well, that, if you're going to be using satire, I guess to bring down governments or something. No, but even further back, I was I was actually surprised. This it may shock you to learn that the early uh, church, <laughs> they didn't think that anything was worth laughing about no, they, at all. No, they did, they not. did not like humor, <laughs> and uh, they didn't like people laughing. They especially didn't like it when their monks, who were illuminating their text. Made humorous comments in the margins. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's this thing about, you know, where does humor come from and how has it evolved? And it was a thing that Plato said, which was Plato didn't like humor because he considered it always malicious. Oh, always. At a, it is yes. hard to come up with humor to make fun or make a joke about something that doesn't poke fun at or... Yeah, it is hard to come up with that kind of humor. He uh, he had a book he wrote called Philibus, and he was actually taking aim at humor. Trying, he didn't like it, and uh, he's trying to get rid of it. So he analyzed the enjoyment of comedy as a form of scorn. He said, "Taken generally, the ridiculous is a certain kind of evil, specifically a vice. That vice is self ignorance. The people we laugh at imagine themselves to be wealthier, better looking, or more virtuous than they really are." In laughing at them, we take delight in something evil, and that thing is their ignorance, and that malice is morally objectionable. Because that's the question in Flowers for Algernon, isn't it? Yeah. When he becomes intelligent and realizes that his friends were only laughing at him the whole time, and that's where the friendship came from. He was he he then had no friends. So yeah, that's the that's question. True. What is it? Is it better to be ignorant and just to let them? Well, Plato would be happy to know that we're heading to a society that he would have actually liked. Yeah, because now humor can't be it can't be 
it has to be balanced. It has to be humor of equal. We shall enjoin. Plato thought that comedy should be controlled by the state. Oh, dear God. Can you imagine? Uh, we shall enjoin that such representations be left to slaves or hired aliens and that they receive no serious consideration whatsoever. No free person, whether woman or man, shall be found taking lessons in them. No composer of comedy, iambic, or lyric verse shall ever be permitted to hold any citizen up to laughter by word <laughs> or gesture with passion or otherwise. So you're saying the pendulum is just swinging back then towards, to what, he, towards what he was looking for. Yeah. But I mean, it got a really bad rap. Comedy wow. got a really bad, and of course, the Christians. I can't even. So everybody walked around <laughs> smug and and humorless. <laughs> Did they go home and and cut jokes? I and mean, even in the Bible, humor—the first reference to humor. Yeah. The kings of the earth stand ready, and the rulers conspire together against the Lord and his anointed king. The Lord, who sits enthroned in heaven, laughs them to scorn, and then rebukes them in anger and threatens them in his wrath. Oh, wow. The only laughing God does is with hostility. Is, is with, yeah. So I'm assuming it's a really loud, de demonic-sounding laugh, right? It's like Sergeant Hooker last <laughs> night in Stripes. <laughs> When right? the sergeant, we said he's humorless. He has no sense of humor. And then when he did, it was it was <laughs> awful. And uh, children laugh at Elijah. If you remember in the story, you remember yes. um, that's the story about Elijah where the kids make fun of him about his bald head, and they're mauled to death by bears. Uh -huh. <laughs> Hilarious! <laughs> what did we learn, children? Is, is there anything? Just more humorous than a bunch of kids getting mauled to death by bears. I mean. <laughs> Crazy. Well, so, so whoever said the Bible didn't have a sense of humor, wrong. Well, I guess it, it depends on your, your humor. children. It depends Come on. on your humors. So, because we really are moving towards that with our. And, and don't get me started about that circumcision joke. That really went far. <laughs> Imagine. Telling people they had to cut off the end of their willy. And they, and did, they it. did it. <laughs> oh, hilarious. All right. Are you done now? God's still laughing at that one, by the way. Mm. Yeah, I'm done four now. Okay. <laughs> you got something else? Um, um, do I have something else? You must have something. I do. I do. Uh, men and women, the difference in humor with men and women. Oh, you mean like that men have one? Well, it's it's a sense of humor. It's interesting, and you should be glad that women are interested in you having a sense of humor. Well, that's what brings couples together. How could they not? <laughs> <laughs> Watching men and women be funny, right? Yes. Yes. Watching them be funny. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. You have to cut that. I don't know what that is. So either. they call it the humor gap, right? But the humor that, gap. Yeah, the humor gap. Women are being paid less. Than, funny women are being paid less than funny men. Well, it's in benefits for sure, if not financially. I'm sure women comedians make less money than male comedians. I'm, I'm, well, it's because women aren't funny. There you go. There you go. All They're right. waiting. I set it up. Man. You, kept, you, kept, you kept defending. <laughs> Finally got one over the net. So, so really, one of the things that uh, female comics lose is, is the benefit of uh, groupies. What? Yeah, yeah. So there's this uh, woman comedian, Susan Prickle. Prickle? Oh, I, I, that's a tough last name. Uh, she, she Susan says, P. Susan P. There you go. She <laughs> says, by the end of a gig, the man, the attractive man in the front row, he's going to find me sexually repulsive. She said in her decades of performing in clubs, she's only been asked out once, and she's apparently an attractive lady. Do we have a picture of her? No, we don't have a picture of her. Spell that last name. There please. you go. Susan, and it's P R E K E L. Prequel. K E L? K E L. Now, uh, story may be old, so you may be, you know. P R E K E L? Yep. Okay. All right. Images. So the point is, is the guys, the male comedians. Hang have on, let me put in nude. A a heavy, heavy groupie presence at the end of the evening, and she she never gets asked out. Man, she looks like perfectly normal. Now, you know, I mean, 
Is she ugly? No. Okay. Well, then in, in 10 years of working in comedy clubs, you'd think that well, maybe would get asked out. I'd have to hear her night. humor. Maybe there's something she does that's off-putting to perhaps, men. Perhaps. Perhaps. But she's continuing to do it. So she hadn't stopped in a decade. So I'd have to say, you she's know. Making she's making a living. She's making a living doing it. So uh, <laughs> that's the important it's an thing. interesting idea, though, that, that men will not chase a woman or go after a woman who performs and makes jokes. You know what? I wonder if that's also true for like female rock and roll. I bet it isn't. I think music might be different. I don't know. You ever seen a picture of like what was her name? The Cramps. Well, that but that's group specific. Yeah, but I'm just saying it would would men go after So the idea is that women That's interesting. Men want someone who will appreciate their jokes and women want someone who makes them laugh. And apparently that's how the system works and it's been pretty successful. Uh, you know, yeah, for okay. mankind. So both genders really do appreciate a sense of humor. Men and women use it differently, though. That's kind of the idea. Humor in all forms, sarcastic, witty, anecdotal, ironic, satirical, um, you know, yeah. complicated. It's it's all very complicated. I, and yet. That is really an interesting. Is it because men don't chase fame the same way? For what? For the comedy? Well, we have to figure out why women comedy groupies go after the men. Mm. Oh, you're still is stuck it, is, on that. Yeah, okay. well, is it because men made them laugh? That was enough? Well, yeah, because uh, women desire that. But men, men don't care if women funnier make them men. laugh? Women choose funnier men as potential dates, but men showed no preference for funny women, which supports the idea that she wasn't pursued. Huh. That's interesting. Both sex say both sexes say they want a sense of humor, right? right? Women interpreted this as someone who makes me laugh, and men wanted someone who laughs at their at their jokes, right? I guess so. Well, I laugh at your jokes. Well, it as when the relationship becomes long term, and then you start getting those Changes. private jokes and those inside jokes that. The audience goes, what the hell are they talking about? But you and I are laughing. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> Good point. And the women get funnier in relationships and men get less funny as, yeah. as the relationship goes That's on. That's true. Hang on. Time out. I'm going to blow my nose. And we're back. <laughs> Sorry. I, I was going to leave that in, but you all didn't want to hear that. Um, anyway, uh, so we... De- uh, humor, Deb. Last last part of that. Are you still stuttering? <laughs> yes, I guess I am stuttering. <laughs> All right. Um, so you know, humor is equal to intelligence. It's a good indicator of intelligence. So that's the the reason they think women go after witty, hmm. funny men. They desire that trait. Although when they're ovulating, they also want like uh, you know beefy men. Beefy. <laughs> <laughs> Want someone they think genetically is going to be a, a good Mr. Beefy. That's two podcasts in a row I was able to reference Mr. Beefy. Well, you it's your podcast. You can just do it. You know you know why that's funny? I jeez. <laughs> um, All right. And so anyway. intelligence is a uh, a desirable trait, apparently. Well, I think and, it, that's probably well, true. You know, so Yeah. So anyway, uh what about a national national humor? Oh, national like our our cultural con- our natural, yeah. Okay. I mean, so talk a little bit about the history of uh, this idea of humor, which again, I cannot stress this enough. Looking at all the scientific stuff because the scientific journals were interesting, but they're not interesting to talk about in a podcast. But the consensus is kind <laughs> and of like, yet. yeah, no, no. But the consensus of the philosophy of humor. Um, they've come up with different reasons, but they still can't nail it down. Like no. there's a group of philosophers who believe, and that's what humor has turned out to be a study of philosophy. They didn't, they're looking for the scientific basis for humor in the brain. They can't figure it out. I don't think that that's going to, I don't think that's going to happen. I've, it's it's elevated beyond a, that. Yeah. You start as a child getting, getting peekaboo and I got your nose humor from yeah. your parents. And then it just grows socially through your environment and and but they've come up with like theories and 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 they're all theories of what humor is and they they but they've settled on so they've one. taken it and made it not funny the first one uh was the superiority theory that it just makes you feel superior uh, to somebody else well, to if find you're humor using that in, kind of humor if if you're taking pleasure at somebody else's 
suffering. Well, it's it's uh, the idea that that our laughter expresses the feelings of superiority over other people or a former state of ourselves. Okay, so self-deprecating. Right. You're- and then there's the relief theory, which is the relief valve. It's it's yeah. a, it's a nervousness. It's an energy. So that's the fear and anxiety you release right. when you and laugh. Right. And so when you laugh, you're releasing that, so you don't explode like a like a I don't know pressure valve. Then they have this thing called the incongruity theory. Yes. Which is I read about that. Yeah. Okay. So these are the things that they're they're working on. The one that that stood out now, the, the one that they're circling, kind of circling it out. Yeah, it is the dominant theory of humor in philosophy and psychology. That's bridged. This theory bridges both philosophy and psychology. Really. In humor, and strangely enough, it was an approach that was started under Immanuel Kant, Soren Kierkegaard, Arthur Schopenhauer. These are those guys that the first real great psychologist philosophers. Yeah. Right. And so they were the ones that kind of dealt into that. And and it's Aristotle that, weirdly enough, because he's the teacher of Plato, right? Aristotle does not agree with Plato. Plato yeah, came up with his own humor, thing. He thinks humor is is uh, vital. And you have to, the, the analyzing of, when we see something funny, said one of these guys, our laughter always proceeds from a sentiment or emotion excited in the mind in consequence of certain ideas being presented to it. So it has it, things have to mesh. A certain, you know how it's, sometimes we say, man, I can't believe that movie failed. It was really funny, but nobody went to see it. I thought it was hilarious. And other people go, I hated that movie. Yeah, and you just can't this argument. This argument over humor, the incongruity theory says that's why that happens. Mm-hmm. Is because it takes it you, falls flat for some. I yeah. I actually have. It says here the incongruity realization that these are the simple jokes that involve less cognitive skills than language based jokes. So here here is the uh, joke that goes along with the incongruity idea. A horse walks into a bar and the barman says, "Why the long face?" Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so that they're using that as the point when children get humor based on an incongruity. What's expected and what actually happens, and it's it's different than what was expected. And not Therefore, all children get that. No, well, they just said around the ages, you know, like two to five. Peekaboo is a actual form of this. It's like, it's there? Huh? It's not there. I got your nose. Well, incongruity is the, it's the basis for that stupid joke, I, the, the bar joke with the duck. And I tell my students this joke every year just to watch their faces to see which one of them is actually actually get it. And and dear listeners, you'll remember this if you <laughs> recall. But a uh, guy walks guy walks into a bar and he's got a duck on his head. And the bartender says, "Hey, how'd that happen?" And the duck says, "Started out as a pimple on my ass." Well, you don't say ass. Not in school, of course. Okay. But uh, <laughs> but the point is that's incongruity. Yes, right. It's, yes. Well, and here imagination plays a big part in spotting incongruity humor. Right. So children uh, begin deliberately repeating behaviors, you know, like peekaboo and things like that with parents. So that's them beginning that development. So somewhere around two years of age, they they start getting it a little better, you know, and can actually do it themselves. So watch your kids for their developing senses of humor. It's coming from you. Yeah, right. It's but, coming uh, from you. They, uh, but yeah, that still goes with it, though. The the idea of because Schopenhauer came later and Kierkegaard and said because of this, this the laughing at humor, it provides us pleasure, and it's the pleasure principle basically in a nutshell. But it's this idea that in life we seek pleasure. We know that, mm-hmm. and one of the things that's it says humor is the last stage of existential awareness before faith, which I thought was interesting. Kids can get humor before they get before they can understand faith. The concept of faith. Yes. That's very um, deep. The person with a religious view of life is likely to cultivate a better sense of humor, said Kierkegaard. Well, I thought we were talking about American sense of humor. Oh, we were. I just got sidetracked. I Sorry. Know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Meanwhile, I've got a dead parrot over here. No, not a dead parrot. Yes, yes. So American humor. Is there such a thing? There, well, there there is because we share it as a culture. But I think in recent years, probably the last decade or two, I think that we've we've divided up 
so much that we don't have such a national sense of humor anymore. Occasionally, we come back together for things. Bernie's uh, mittens. Oh yeah. I think I think the nation came together for that joke. It we, was, we found and it, it funny. was and it was harmless. I know that Bernie probably didn't they, think so, but uh, he embraced it. Well, and they sold mittens and they sold sweaters and. Did he really? I think he did. I think it was okay. I think he he said that we need to laugh as a country together. And what better thing to laugh at than Bernie Sanders mittens? Well. Whatever it takes. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Whatever it takes. (laughs) Whatever it takes. So, you know, different kinds. Certainly better than the the inauguration. Than what was going on. Yeah. Well, unless you were George Bush, he was enjoying himself. No, wait. Was Bernie at Trump's inauguration? Oh. Or was he at? Biden's for the mittens. I think it was Biden. No, it's no, only been a year. No, it only has been. A it year. had to be Trump, right? Yeah. Had to be. Had to be. You got the you got the Google right there, sir. Yeah, I know, but we're uh, we need to move on with our humor. Oh, okay. So slapstick, right? So, slapstick is pretty much universal. Sure, and we certainly have a plethora of examples of different kinds of humor that are American humor. I thought it was interesting that certain kinds of humor. Uh, they're worldwide. Yes. Slapstick seems to be popular yes. pretty much around the world. That was airports. Airports have to be, you know, ha- their humor and their posters and motivational things have to all be kind of neutral. And anybody making jokes about airports, yeah. it's going to be everybody it's something knows. we can all identify with. Sure. And it's usually situational, like being in an airport or, you know. Yeah. And so the I wonder... I wonder if jokes about mother-in-laws, because for the longest time, those were. Oh, those were acceptable. They're I wonder not if that's acceptable, acceptable worldwide, though. And uh, it said also social transgression humor. Yes. Where which you, I guess we call violate. it a fish out of water kind of thing. Yeah. Mr. Bean does that very well. Mr. Bean is yeah. a good example of social transgressions constantly. Yeah. He just <laughs> things. Kids, kids laugh. They still laugh at that. And, uh, well, it's pretty funny. Look, a man puts a turkey on his head. You got to laugh. How do you not laugh at that? But then again, that's that's, that's the, the weird thing, you know. It's is that I I would imagine that's worldwide. I bet Mr. Bean is funny pretty much everywhere. I would think. Wouldn't you think? Even the Chinese. Whereas his other character, Blackadder, oh, does no, I don't think only that. works in I, England I think, and I think for select that, audience in in the United States. I think the fact that you and I both had uh, that experience of British humor in our background helped us. It certainly has helped my broaden my sense of humor. Yeah, I think so. Because American humor, at the time, especially at that particular time, I couldn't listen to the comedians who were really big because they were raunchy. Oh no, my daddy bought me those albums. <laughs> well, but I mean, you, no, no, most people. I didn't wasn't have going them. into a store and getting yeah. a Red Fox album. Yeah, well, I had. One. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I did. I had all the Richard Pryors. I had yes, all of that. But we we certainly had an edge to our our humor over the years. You know, if you go back and and where does when did. Like, okay, we know that Mark Twain clearly was a humorist. Oh, yeah. He toured the country doing his brand of humor, where really all he did was tell stories. He told stories, but he also had biting sarcasm and satire. Yeah, he did. Because he was making points as well. And people, but people laughed. But I wonder if some of his jokes, like now, where somebody will do jokes and some of the jokes go over somebody's head or something. I wonder if people in the audience ever left, like, there had to be people that left Mark Twain going, I just don't see why he's funny. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> All he did was tell stories. My grandpa tells stories. Well, that's the we, <laughs> you all, know? we all know funny people. Oh yeah, yeah. I I, I, don't know. I just thought it was kind of Mark Twain is one of those guys. He's he's said you know humor is the greatest gift God ever gave us was the sense of humor. And yet we we have other uh, evidence of people with a completely opposite view. So yeah, well, there's the human, there, the complexity of being human. No, it's it's humor is man. Well, and that's part of the and problem. And how do you get through life today without it? That's part of the problem, I think, of America is we were talking about the idea that at one time as a country, we sat around radios and listened to the Community. same music, the same, the same humor and the same shared stories. And so the country had a community a commonality it was a giant campfire yeah so we and <laughs> right? so we all had the same references as a country right and even now we're not even we're not even reading the same books where we well we also have TikTok the and all the of the everybody's got of, their own but we also have the rise of political correctness and how that's curtailing humor in certain ways absolutely i'm not saying you can't still be funny yeah 
but there are certain comedians. The best one I can come up with is Jerry Seinfeld. He won't go to colleges anymore because he gets so much yeah. pushback from no, college. He's not the only one. But he's not offensive. No, no. He's just not offensive. Observational humor. <laughs> no, I think it's gotten to the point now where he gets up and goes, What's the deal about airplanes? And somebody in the audience works for like an airline company. And you think they get angry. And they get angry. Okay. He's talking about me. <laughs> Man, chill your thin skins out, people. <laughs> Comedians are just, because I was, look, I did a lot of research and th- threw out a lot of stuff because it just didn't translate well. But just get online and look up Don Rickles. At Don Rickles stand up and watch how completely inappropriate it absolutely is. Never cusses. No, no. He but he takes a room full of uh, various people, ethnic groups, and their and, celebrities. And points out all of those differences. And wow. He, it's the incongruity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's pointing out everybody's. Well, that's the point we've been saying. Well, he told Ricardo Montalban, that's Khan from the Wrath of Khan for you youngsters. Uh, he told him to go back to his mud hut in Mexico. And everybody laughed. Yeah, including him. Yes, of course. Ha 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 ha. We were allowed to be different then. Yeah, but now man. you're allowed to be different, but you all better like it. Toe the line. I guess. So see, we don't have a national humor. What we're doing and, is we're and we're making it so You can't you can't do humor about certain groups now. You can't do humor pointing out differences. Right. Yeah, there you go. Humor has to be equal. 100% equal. Yes. So you can't point out things, so, stereotypes that are, in fact, actually true. So our next our next famous comedian. So like if I if, if I was to say today, you know, well, Jews are really good with money. Jews are really good with money. That's wrong. It's a stereotype. You're not allowed to. But in fact, they've proven through the years and I can prove you it know, historically that, was, that, that was they were. That was something interesting I came across <laughs> too. It was the, uh, it was the Jewish museum of humor. Yeah. Uh, they have an exhibit in the Tel Aviv museum, uh, but then they also have one in New York and they have books and it, uh, a nice little gift shop. You can get hi- a book called haikus for Jews. And I would like to read some poems about Jewish Jew humor. haikus. So, no, they're celebrating the fact that they have gotten through all of their difficulties as a people. Well, uh, I could with ar- humor. We could argue that they helped build the American. Sense oh, absolutely. Of humor. That's part of the exhibit. That is. It was really I stayed there for a while. But, you know, one thing I was a little disturbed by. OK, so the Jewish Museum for Humor has a gift shop with lots of things to purchase. We go to Belgium to the Torture Museum. And nothing. no gift shop. I'm still the torture museum. How is there not no a gift shop. How they not, not even no Caddo nine tails. Nothing. No spiked chairs. Like man, I said to the guy, you're missing a huge opportunity. Here. Oh, absolutely. I want two t-shirts. Nipple tongs. Just, nothing. Nothing at all. I'm so bothered by that. It's been not even a ball gag. I'm still bothered by that. You can go. You can go into a leather shop and get a ball gag. But not the torture museum. Not the torture museum. And no, sir. Great, it was a great little museum. Except for the okay. fact that they had no merch. Yeah. <laughs> they need and, I merch. Can, and I check online periodically. To see if somebody said, hey, us. maybe we should get some merch. We need some t-shirts. <laughs> Even that stupid little podcast in Longville has it. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, if you're interested in buying a shirt, we're going to have them up online before long. But anyway, I digress. Yourself, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when you do your job. Okay, you tapped the paper angrily. What else did you oh. have to say? No, just I was trying to finish something, and now I don't know what I was She was glaring at me, people. Making I was, me, making I me was. feel terrible. Um, well, I just the fear of where uh, humor is going to go. You know, I mean, where are we at? We Dave, don't know. Dave Chappelle had almost shut down an entire industry, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, nobody's apologizing though, and maybe that's what needs to happen at this point. Actually, you know what's going to happen? You're going to really? start having comedians that that will be their focus, the very thing. You know, it's it's like. Um, Comedians will start doing comedy about political correctness. Re- well, they, I think Bill Burr is doing it now. Yeah, I think a lot of his comedy de- I mean, deals with that. That they point that out. I think they have, and they're they're doing that. No different than George Carlin in the what seven de- dirty words and. Uh, well, it's the other words though. It's not the seven dirty words. Well, no, not now. But at his time, he was trying to break boundaries. There are a lot of these little two way double entendre words that have two meanings, words that are okay part of the time. I call them like part-time filth. Some of these words, they're only 50% dirty. 
You have words like ass. Ass is hardly even a dirty word anymore, but it has a few meanings that you can't say on television. That's what I was talking about. What can you say on television? That's another one of those places where we can't use these words all the time. But some of them are all right some of the time. Ass is all right on television. You can say on television things like, well, you've made a perfect ass of yourself tonight. But you can't say, hey, let's go get some ass. Bitch. Bitch is another word like that. Same kind of word. It's the only dirty part of the time. Depends on what you mean by bitch. You might be the lady from the San Diego Zoo visiting one of the Tonight Shows, and you might just have a bunch of little canines with you there. One of them is a female. You say, there's the bitch, Johnny, and it's okay, fine. Just don't refer to the singer the same way. That's all. <laughs> is that bitch going to do another number? Yes. <laughs> Animals are fine. On those two-way words. And that's it. That's what I was trying to find. The words that were always dirty, not just part of the time. But completely filled. Well, in, in looking for these words, I kept finding new categories. We have so many ways of describing these dirty words. It's, well, we have more ways to describe dirty words than we actually have dirty words. That seems a little strange to me. It seems to indicate that somebody was awfully interested in these words. They kept referring to them. They called them bad words, dirty. Filthy, foul, vile, vulgar, coarse, in poor taste, unseemly, street talk, gutter talk, locker room language, barracks talk, bawdy, naughty, saucy, raunchy, rude, crude, lewd, lascivious, indecent, profane, obscene. George Carlin talking about the... Well, fighting for the, uh, fighting for comedy. Yeah. Fighting for the right to be able to say things that are part of human, <laughs> part of being a human being. And that's what humor has always been. It's, it's, it's the human e condition. Yes, it's a shared experience. That's and, why the Jews have such a good sense of humor. They have a lot of shared and, experience. And, of course, again, proof of that is Hogan's Heroes. Yeah, <laughs> if you actually, can, that's come up quite a bit lately. Well, if you can write an entire series about the Nazis 15 years after the discovery of the concentration camps. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. That is. And, and to get and it, to on, get it on, on the air. And to get it on air and have people watch it. Well, you know it. why? It was Jews who put it on the air. Yeah. And so I mean, everybody it, said, well, you know, it's okay if they're doing it. Yeah. And, and then you got, you know, Mel Brooks. But that's, that's humor. Jews in that's space. All, <laughs> the technique I don't actually find all that funny is the somebody's so stupid. You know, like the Germans are so stupid oh, that, yeah, that no. everything the Americans do is... And there's things that, that I don't like in humor that people love, too. Yeah. Dumb and Dumber is a good example. I can't, I, I still... Well, and like uh, sitcoms based on the husband being such a screw-up that he yeah. acts like oh, a yeah. child and his wife has to come behind him. Save and, him yeah. every time. I, no. But those were funny at one time. I, I think the problem is they just ran their gamut. And it took a while to realize, because if you think about like situational comedies of the 70s, yeah, how were those different from the 50s, really? Yeah. The, 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 the clothes were different. Well, the clothes and the music and the color. look was different. But overall, it was still a misunderstanding. Yeah, yeah. Three's Company. That's all that show ever was. A misunderstanding. It was one giant misunderstanding. Well, leave it to Beaver. Go way back. Mm -hmm. There was always a misunderstanding. Some, somebody not communicating. And then he had to get the answer. And Andy Griffith was the same thing. Opie was Beaver on Andy Griffith. And think so, of how cell phones would have changed all of those misunderstandings. Right. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> no, there would have been no plot. Yeah, because we have no misunderstandings today. <laughs> Thank God for cell phones. What does that emoji mean? I don't even know. I did it without my glasses on. I can't tell what the hell I, I know. I, I keep I keep expecting my mom to one day go, somebody keeps sending, sending me eggplants. I just don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Is he a farmer? <laughs> I, did, I used to like eggplant. <laughs> <laughs> you, mean, you mean aubergine, right? <laughs> Okay, shut up. I can't stop. <laughs> ah, see, there's a shared experience. Yeah. <laughs> Comes from the human condition, people. Aubergine. I like that we word. We are, we are, I like that word. We're about out of time, aren't we? We probably are about out of time. And I'm really all I know is that as a culture, our, our humor is shifting and 
changing. We are we are going to have uh, a strange future. Oh, I think we're in it. Well, we're and in so, the present. Well, if the if the shortages of everything continue, I suppose in a few years we'll be like the Russians were in the seventies with like making jokes about the about, long lines about and, the, lines and, and the, the fact that you could. And, yeah. Well, did you see today they're stealing the cargo off the cargo ships yeah, that are out why there. Why not? So now we've Piracy. got pirates coming in just Arr. taking the shit. So shortages either way. Give me your tanker. Biden, do what you will. <laughs> People are just going to steal it and it's not getting here. Well, he's, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to think about all that. Uh, but it it made me laugh. I know I a lot of people headline. hated Trump enough to, to continue beating the Biden bandwagon. But come on. No. You can't. You got to know. I don't know where this is all going to go. You got to know. I don't know where it's all been. <laughs> okay. Um, so. Because, I mean, I, I want to start talking like Biden. No. We're going to have to wrap this up. This podcast. <laughs> going to whisper at them. Well, that's what he does now. Okay. That's his new thing. Um, so Catherine and Josh. T-shirts. We yeah. need we need Eddie's. Please. Yeah. That's what we need. We do. And you guys are just going to have to laugh because, I mean, it's a crazy world out there. All that work, I went getting and clips and we didn't even really use all. I know. Well, we only used one. But it was fun. Yeah. This is a man. This subject. We just scratched the surface. I know it's it's got a lot of. You tried to get real deep there for a bit. And I'm sorry. I, I thought you were going. We I thought we were going to be scratching the surface, and you went all existential on us. I didn't mean to. And uh, and I'm all Kierkegaardy. <laughs> it's like we went from looking up to see how hot a, a comedian was to existentialism. Like, damn, <laughs> I wasn't expecting all that. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> or existentialism. <laughs> or ex- nobody expects the Spanish existentialism. <laughs> Look it up, people. Wait, Schopenhauer's not Spanish. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. And I didn't even get to my I didn't even get to my cool words. Oh, the slang? Yeah. Do you want to take us out with some slang? Real quick. All right. Take us out ten with some most slang. Popular slang cut, words. You can cut something from earlier. Ten, ten most popular slang words according to whoever the hell these people are right now. Number one, ghosted. Oh, as in? as in Someone cutting off calling. all communication. He, yep. Yeah, okay. Salty. Oh, you be, you're being salty? Bitter, angry, or upset. Oh. Don't be salty. What if I have a reason to be salty? Besides, aren't people... A little salty all the time. Um, anyway. The potential's there. On point. Oh, yeah, that's been around a while. Woke. Woke, of course. Being alert to societal injustice. Well, you know what? They didn't need a word. If anybody was not aware that there wasn't complete equality across the board for everybody in now, this country. Now, we, yes. now you just discovered this? Yeah. Didn't didn't you learn about the 1920s? I don't what? know why they had to make a big scene about everything just to inform people of that, but apparently it had to happen. Number five is goat, and G O A T, greatest of like all a time. No, greatest oh. of all time, the goat. Oh, so that can be. See, anybody? in the old days, it's just the opposite. If you were the goat, you were the butt of the joke. Charlie Brown was always the goat yeah. of his uh, baseball team. Extra. Yes, to be extra. Top. Mm-hmm. To be low key, chill. Yeah. Okay. Uh, or it also means secret. Low key. Yeah. Keep it down. Well, keep it on the down like, low. Hey, baby, if you uh, see me in a restaurant, keep be it. be low key because you know the wife. <laughs> said that like you've said it before. <laughs> yeah, so many times. Twenty four seven. Well, what can I do, man? With this sense of humor, I gotta knock him up with a stick. Um, catfish. Seven. Catfish. Assuming a false identity or personality on the internet. A liar. Yeah. Savage. <laughs> Here, let me make that face again. I kind of like it. Savage. <laughs> uh, it's not caring about the consequences. Oh, as in how savage of you to to do that because you're gonna get caught. No, no, nobody saw me make the gay face. Uh oh. And, and if we have any gay listeners, don't don't take offense. I was just being silly. All right. There we go. Um, and Dave Chappelle has a, a trans friend. And look what happened to him. Yeah. Yeah. But he was he was pretty 
<laughs> he was caustic. Man, that was, yeah, he was caustic. I won't deny that. But I laughed. Um, all right. I, I laughed at thinking about all the, all the, the, hubbub the rebuttal, that was the rebuttal he up. was about to get. Yeah. And the last one, number 10, and this is one I learned not too long ago thirsty. Mm. You know what thirsty is now? Mm-mm. Needing approval, attention, or affection. Oh, that makes sense. Well, we see them all the time. Yeah. On Facebook, the reels, which that I found disturbing. Now that now I do not have TikTok, do not know anything about TikTok. I see yeah. the kids at lunch making their little TikToks, and I think, wow. That and most looks of them really consist stupid. of a girl walking towards the camera, yeah, spinning just, halfway, uh, looking be, over their shoulder with their butt pointed towards the camera. And I got to tell you, that thing has become duck lips. Yeah. All right, it's yeah. the same thing. Well. Just, I, just I, there may off. be something of consequence and, and value there that people have or do. Uh, that's fine. But I don't know anything about it, and I don't want it on my Facebook. Why is it showing up up there? My first question to you is, do I know the people that are putting these reels there? And um, I don't. they don't seem to be anybody I know. Oh, and we have uh, two COVID-related slang words. I want to put those in real quick before oh, no. we wrap it up. Maskne, which is acne it's caused acne by wearing caused a mask, by mask all the time. Okay, I, was, I, I thought that's what it and was. And the quarantini. Is that a martini that you make during yes. quarantine? Yes. Quarantini. What about the banana bready? Banana bready. Oh, we have the Rona. Yeah. Everybody had that one. Yeah. Hmm. And long hauler. Got that. But that, that used to be a trucker. Well, now you've got new medical terms that go along with it, too. That'll be added as well. Oh, yeah. A jab. Yes. Quarantine and chill. You know, a covid <laughs> <laughs> people who disagree with the safety guidelines. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Who cares? Um, <laughs> well, apparently you did. You had yeah. to read it all. I know. I just thought it was funny, the, the words that came from COVID-19. All right. Well. Because they're saying, just like World War II, COVID-19 created its own lexicon. Are we really comparing World War II to COVID-19? Wow. And right, sensitive of you there. And right now, I'm sure there are people going, as many people have died from COVID as died it's a different thing altogether. Okay. So apples and oranges is Absolutely. what you're saying. And well, COVID, a lot of people got sick, terrible, horrible. Many people died. Awful. World War II, entire cities leveled, not closed. Well, I guess they were closed, but leveled. Yes. <laughs> the whole different I thing. think our listeners understand that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So sorry about the rant. No, you're not. <laughs> Not really. No, you can cut it out. <laughs> yeah, I can if I want to. Yes, you can. I may not. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. That's it for humor. Congratulations, Josh. Congratulations. Catherine. And um, Pete. Yes. There you go. Yes. And I guess that's going to do it. I got nothing else. If you want to get a hold of us again, 337-502-9011. Or tripdublongintheboot.com. Say goodbye, Deb. Goodbye, Glenn. No, you did it wrong again. Say goodbye, Deb. Incongruity, Glenn. <laughs>